they manage to untie Eva and they jump her onto a pier. In the process of jumping from one pier to the other, Visser 1, the Yerk, makes a break for it. She tries to crawl out of Eva's ear to fall into the pool, but she times it poorly. And she falls instead onto the pier itself. Um, Eva goes fucking apeshit at this. She's like, kill it. Get the slug. Kill the filth. Um, and that is all she can think about while Marco and Rachel are in battle with a whole bunch of blue band hork around her. Um, and uh, Axe has to pull the bugfighter away, um, which means that Marco and Rachel are kind of on their own for a moment. Um, and this is just like, it, we, we've got a whole chapter of just like, three and four word sentences of as everything is happening so so quickly um uh and the marco and rachel are very clearly losing rachel's arm is like hanging on by a literal thread um described as a vein and a flap of skin to be clear Mm -hmm. viscerally Um. described Thank you, yep. Elendra. <laughs> uh, and then suddenly all of the firefighting stops. Um, well, actually, no. First, a bug fighter flies over them and gets blown up. And Rachel and Marco uh, are both convinced that it's their friends. Um, and then a moment later, all of the firefighting stops completely. Uh, and Visser 3 is here. Of course, Visser 3 is here. Um, he All his enemies in, in one place. <laughs> yeah. He morphs into a thing called a Bevillard. Bevillard. Um, it's got which big is, wings. Yeah. It, it, it's ugly. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's described as like, I don't know, maybe imagine a manta ray, uh, mm. but like a bird. Um, yeah, with a darting silver tongue that licked rows of shimmering teeth. Yeah. Um, this is definitely some monster fucker's idea of a good time, to be clear. Um, it's a very cool alien design, is my point. Mm-hmm. Um, um, a, con- it's a continuous delta wing, a living stealth bomber. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, big wings, something from the uh, planet Ondar. Its teeth will shred, shred your flesh like paper. And we did like, Rachel and I were silent. What could we say to that? <laughs> <laughs> but I also appreciate like that a sign of how exhausted they are, that they don't shit talk. Rachel doesn't like push back against it as she is often wont to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're too tired. Like Rachel can barely move. Um, she's lost enough blood to be verging on unconscious um and marco is trying um to lift up both eva and rachel at this point to carry them away um both of them in a lot of pain 
his injury um, is making him too weak to do it. Uh, he's describing himself as pathetic, um, you know, the huge. Um, but the viscera is shrieking, bug fighters flying in and fires at the Bivalid. Um, because, hey, good news, gang, the others aren't dead. Um, as Strake puts it, uh, no, you saw the Yerks crush. Where's your faith in the Axeman? Uh, hang on, we're coming in. Vissa 3 is losing his mind. Um, you will pay. I will make you pay. Kill them. Uh, Jake, meanwhile, taking out the remaining Hawk Vajir. Uh, another sign of how bad a state Rachel's in is she freely admits that she's on the verge of going unconscious and that they need mm-hmm. to get them out. Um, Eva, meanwhile, is trying to get out of Marco's arms in order to kill Vissa One. Um, props to her. We got we respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like and and this woman is described as like not a single inch of her is not battered and bruised and bloody. Like mm-hmm. she has been through hell and back multiple mm-hmm. times. Um and still she's like crawling across the pier uh like with by her fingernails just Danielle, to we reach. wrote this. We wrote this yeah. fic. <laughs> we have basically this exact scene in the fic we wrote. We, yes, we 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 did. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, and she reached out and she like squishes um, Vessel One of her with her bare hands, uh, but it's mm-hmm. not enough. And she's so distressed by this because she's like, finally, she is going to end the life of her enslaver. Um. And just doesn't quite have enough strength to do it. So Marco slams his big gorilla foot down. Uh, and it was clear that Vissel One's journey had ended. Uh, my mother, Eva, looked into my gorilla eyes with an expression of sick satisfaction. In spite of everything, it scared me. Now we can go, she whispered. Then she fainted in my arms. Uh, and they go. Like there's the brief moment when they drop into the pool. They take enough damage. This and this is dope as fuck. Um, Axe is trying to like figure out how to get them out. Um, Cassie is coaching Rachel out of demorph, and Axe is like, "This is like a bog. The more we move, the more it sucks us under there." Um, and this is the worst place this could happen, but. Uh, Eva is the one that gets them out. Uh, she's able to explain to Axe that um, if they put the dragon beam into her overload, or the supply, I should say, for the dragon beam, um, because once it hits a certain overload point, um, or hits a point, just shunt all the power to the engines at once and then fire the beams at the same time. Um I love how Axe is like, looks to Jake. Jake looks at Cassie, who looking at Rachel, and Tobias is like, yeah, it makes sense, I guess. <laughs> um, and Jake gives the go-ahead. Um, and it works. Um, terrifyingly so, the, <laughs> the uh, what is it, 
the fucking the screaming sounds of the dragon beam overloading rages, um, then stops. Cloud of smoke and steam billowing around them. Um, what is going on? Which um, I'm not sure who's that part is. I don't know. I assume because I thought Cassie was not in morph, but I think she must be because it's her thought speaking. Mm. Um, okay. And we get the explanation of technically water molecules are exploding. Uh, simplistically, we are boiling yurks. Um, the second time we've seen that particular method prove effective. Mm-hmm. Um, but Axe punches it like Chewy while Vista 3 is screaming in the background, uh, ineffectually. Um, but they make it out of the yurk pool and, uh, are able to ditch the bug fighter. Uh, as reinforcements are dropping out from orbit uh, back into the National Forest and uh, they get away. Yep. Uh, with Eva. With Eva. Um, and we cut to some, again, unspecified amount of time later. It's long enough that Eva has healed up surprisingly well. Um, broken bones, bruised tissue. Uh, nature had done a good job. First aid from the chi hadn't hurt either. Um, now the chi, I don't think, don't have like Star Trek healing capabilities. Um, so some amount of time has passed. I'm guessing probably like a month, maybe. Um, yeah, I think that's reasonable. And. Uh, Marco is finally taking her from the Chi to the hork Valley. Um, and uh, he's looking at her and he's like, you know, she looks just like she used to, except that there's a tension, a vigilance in her face um, that hadn't been there when he was younger because she hadn't been a slave before. Um, it's a perfect day. They are walking, uh, into the valley. Um, and, uh, Eva comments that the Yurks think that the, the valley has been destroyed. Um, which is great news. Um, but she also says that, uh, Visser 3, uh, will have a force large enough to launch his attack in just a few months and he'll he's just gonna, he's going to burn cities from orbit um and enslave the human race so we now have uh what is essentially a countdown clock on the wall of a few months before uh things break really fucking bad um and she had been Visser 1. Who was I to argue with her predictions? Yeah, well, maybe not, I said bravely. Being brave is my job. Um, and down the slope is Peter. Um, and Eva r- goes off running um, towards Peter. Like, they embrace each other um, and hold on to each other for a long, long time. Um, and... Marco just continues to feel this heaviness in his heart. Um, 
And a little while later, Peter pulls Marco aside and he asks, was there any way to save Nora? Is there any way to save her now? His words made me feel a little sick, but by now I knew that life and love were complicated. You know that I love her. I nodded, made the decision. And this... Oh, Marco. Dad, what if Nora was a controller all along? What if the Yerks put her in your path because they knew you were involved in secret work? Payne nodded my father's face. My conscience was heavy. Permanent damage had been done. My family was back together, but not really, not honestly. It was a desperate speculation, one that I hoped would make it easier for my dad. It didn't make it any easier for me. What are you saying? You were set up by the enemy, I said. You can't blame yourself. Which is... Like, oh, Marco. Mm-hmm. It's so much. Yeah. And, like, there's... There is no way that Eva and Peter go back to the way things were regardless. We know that their marriage wasn't great before she uh-huh. was yerked. And he, the golden years of their marriage were when she was yerked. And the yerk did everything that Peter wanted to keep from making waves. And, like, that is going to weigh extremely heavily on their relationship, plus just the years intervening where they both grew apart as people. And, like, Peter still loves Nora. And grieving a person like Peter did for Eva, like, doesn't make him not love her anymore, but... It's you can love same. someone, yeah, you can love someone and not be in love with them anymore. Like, you can grieve someone and still, yeah, it's, it's just, there's, there's no way their relationship goes back to what it was. And it shouldn't, by all rights. No. And, and Marco. <sighs> Continuing to like hold on to that, and I think it it underscores that he's a child. Mm-hmm. In spite of everything, he is still a kid. Yeah, it's. I think part of him knows that he's naive for hoping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows. Again, this comes back down to what he tells himself versus what he knows to be true. Mm hmm. Uh, and then we cut to the beach where the Animorphs are gathered along with the Z Space Transponder. Um, no one is nearby for miles. Uh,. And Do you love the fire. description that the nearest are like three miles away and they ain't going to notice what we're doing? <laughs> uh, and 
like we we get the report that um, the news is listing Marco and his dad as gunned down by unidentified intruders. The local police had no leads, no clues. Um, Nora is a controller still living at that house, still teaching at that school. Um, and Marco says that he's been living with the Chi mostly. Um, when he needs a cable fix, he goes to Axis Scoop. Uh, and then when they don't have a mission, he goes to the hork Valley to be with his parents. Um, and they're on this beach to make a transmission. And they recognize that it is possible that the Yerks will intercept this transmission. Um, so they have to be careful what all they say. Um, and they can't hang around once they're done. They gotta pack everything up and leave because the Yerks will be on that spot, like, white on rice. Um, and, uh, Axe says, yeah, um, it will be encrypted, but to the Yerks, this is not much of a disguise. Um, but there's a chance that they'll think the signal is coming from one of their own ships. Um, and so Axe calls the Andalite fleet. Um, and... They get a connection, and there's a voice on the other line of an Andalite officer asking, who is this? Who is initiating this contact? Uh, and Jake signals to Axe to answer, but Axe shakes his, head, shakes his head. No, I believe this is your moment. Jake glanced at each of us, ran his, head, his hand through his hair. This is... He cleared his throat. He glanced back at Axe and smiled. Then he leaned in close to the device. This is Earth, he said. We do know who they are. And we know you, too. Ugh! <laughs> and that's the end of the book. Hey, you wanna you wanna have a, a sad, distressing thought? Mm-hmm. What does it say about how much these kids have become soldiers in a war that our kick flip into the sun is this? <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's a good fucking book. It's a good fucking book. Hot damn. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple of questions from the Discord. Because Jade actually remembered to ask for questions. Um, uh, when I definitely forgot. Uh, so Sarah Caput basically asks, So how do we feel about Nora? <laughs> In the sense uh, of, do we agree with Marco? Like, or as a like, character, as a plot device? <laughs> um, specifically, she said the whole Nora thing. So we're, we're, we're talking okay. about how, how she was dealt with here. Okay. Um, and how, how Marco okay, cool, cool, cool. dealt with her, essentially. Uh, 
Yeah, for, for clarity, I do not read the questions in full context. If there is any kind of spoiler tag, on the off chance. Mm -hmm. um, thank you to our listeners and our friends in the chat uh, who do do that. I appreciate mm -hmm. the effort being made for me and for our other listeners who are learning canon as we go, like I am. <laughs> um, uh. I think it sucks. I mean, yeah. narratively, it's compelling, to be clear. Mm -hmm. I think as a thing of writing, as a way to sort of close off that thread, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel like fridging in the way that you might see it in other pieces of media because it is something that both Mark we see Marco especially but also Peter like dealing with mm -hmm. and it yeah. is this scary threat left on because anyone can be yucked that mm -hmm. that's part of the threat of the animals universe right like even the nicest people could be yucked mm-hmm and I appreciate that Nora being lost to the Yerks is tragic. Mm -hmm. um, this is why Marco's blaming himself for it. Mm -hmm. Wrongly, but why he puts that onus on himself. And the lie that he gives Peter that, well, or even, he doesn't even feel like that. What if she was? She could have been this whole time yeah he knows though that that's it's just enough of like mm. a sharp enough little doubt. rock in your shoe yeah that peter will never be able to think about her without also thinking about that yeah which is he didn't notice it with eva mm -hmm. it's why would he have noticed it with upsetting Nora? it's his own upsetting in a way, it's kind of the cruelest thing that Marco could have done. Yeah, yeah it really is. It, yeah, this is gaslighting. Yeah. This actually is putting an idea in, well, maybe it's just this. Question yeah. your own feelings. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I, I think it's absolutely believable everything that Marco does in this book. I think it's all in character. Mm. I think it makes sense why he does the things he does and why he tells Peter these things. Um, doesn't make it good. <laughs> it doesn't make it good. Um, and yeah. I hate that for Nora that she has, mm. she she's almost become a pawn. Yeah. Um, she gets cast as this bad guy. Like, yeah. And I mean, in a way, with Marco doing this, he's protecting himself because this way his dad won't be mad at him. Mm -hmm. for not doing yeah. it and hopefully yeah. won't be mad at himself either but again this is the duality of Marco is that mm -hmm. it's the smart insightful calculating mind of a 13 year old boy who loves his parents yeah and wants them to still love him yeah yeah it's <sighs> It's just like instead of instead of talking about it with his dad and being honest, like no, we can't go save her because it would show all of our cards, and we can't risk we can't risk going to the Yerk pool for one person. 
We did with Eva, but she also has a whole bunch of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like the first thing we did was try to rescue Tom. Yeah, and that f- was bad. <laughs> and yeah. So we haven't tried it since. Um, yeah, and it's just like, yeah, they uh, they they can't really go after her because it would be too big of a risk mm-hmm. for for and it's cruel to say for very little reward um, yeah but for the war like it wouldn't do anything for the war no and that's the kind of fucking calculus they have to do now because yeah. they're the only thing that's stopping the Yerks at all mm-hmm. um uh, and, uh, Joasco asks a slightly more complicated question, um, and basically he's asking whether we think, uh, Eva's ending is tragic or not. Like, is it a, is it a happy ending? Because we get so much all of this about how Marco and Eva believe that life is either a tragedy or a comedy. Um, and the choice of which one you think it mm. is, is up to you. Um, and while that's more about how you view your own life, um, mm. do we think that this is a positive ending? for Eva uh, in a series that's almost entirely tragic. (laughs) Well, to quote uh, one of my favorite pieces of media ever, um, there are no happy endings because nothing truly ends. Mm. Um, Love the Lost Unicorn. Big fan. Um, I think it's an incredibly narratively satisfying ending. Um. And I could see for Eva just like fucking yes, cosmic uh justice paid. Uh I lived bitch energy mm-hmm. going on. But I also think this is I um myself, um I have uh been in abusive relationships uh in the past. But I haven't really had experiences that would necessarily me what necessitate me using the term a survivor for myself. So I'm speaking from a point of relative privilege in that regard. But Eva has gone through something truly monstrous. And she has come out the other side of it, like permanently changed by mm-hmm. that. Whatever peace she is able to find afterwards, um, currently operating under the knowledge that the two people she loves most are alive. Yep. Marco is alive. Peter is alive. Neither of them are safe while there's a war going on. Uh, I don't, I think the happy ending for Eva isn't here yet, is mm-hmm. kind of what I'm saying. I think she knows that. Um, mm-hmm. 
she's had a win, I guess. Mm-hmm. A much deserved win. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I know you highlighted it, like she got to kill her enslaver. Mm-hmm. That's big. And the book allows her her rage mm-hmm. and her vindication at it. And while Marco is a little bit like, oh, a bit scared by seeing that on his mother's face. He doesn't judge her for the act. I think it's more like, it's scary to see your mum with that look on her face. Mm-hmm. More than anything, like the narrative as a whole certainly doesn't condemn her for that choice. Mm-hmm. There's no hand wringing about it. If things had been calmer, I'm sure Marco would have maybe not worried so much about it. It's just like, like mum, we're, we're going to die. We need to go. <laughs> we need to go. Leave the slug. Um, but as I, I don't think I could call it happy. Mm-hmm. But I can be happy for her that mm-hmm. she's gotten out, mm-hmm. for want of a better phrasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not everyone's that lucky. Yeah. It's... I don't think anybody gets a happy ending. Um, yeah. I was gonna, it's because... a war movie. I say, well, It's yeah. a war story. Uh, I don't know the ending, Joyce. Go, thank you, because I know that your question involved end of book spoilers. Um, so thank you, Danielle, also for filtering that through to a question that I can actually answer. Um, but clearly there is implications to the wider narrative here that I am yeah. yet to be unaware of, or I'm still unaware of for the moment, at least. Yeah. It's, yeah, I I think it it's all a tragedy. Um, even, even if, you know, Eva does, Eva's where Marco got it from. And so she's Mm. able to see the comedy in tragic things. It's doesn't make it not a tragedy. Um, yeah. And and, tragedies are allowed their moments of mm -hmm. like, we need to have these moments of these wins, these little triumphs. Mm these little moments of respite mm-hmm. otherwise one it doesn't put the bad shit into relief have no highs without the lows etc right. but um yeah I'm, I'm talking around the point but um but yeah i think it is i think it is so important that eva is given this mm. moment of pure rage and vindication and revenge because mm-hmm. like it, it it speaks to the whole thing of like you know this isn't justice this is retribution yeah um and like good for her <laughs> oh. mm. um like the, the thing is viscer one was going to die anyway like there is no way that viscer one could have escaped into the pool and then nothing happened to her. Mm. Like, they would have got her and fucking killed her eventually. Um, so this is, in a lot of ways, the way it was kind of in our fic. We're like, she's gonna die anyway. But giving Eva the chance to get revenge for a, an entire life that was taken away from her. Um, mm. 
is is important and i think just the the hatred and rage that she shows is important mm. um especially after visser because i remember when i read this when i was a kid that i was confused why she was so vehement and so hate-filled and rage-filled at Visser 1. Um, because I didn't fully understand what was happening in Visser. Um, and it made me, like, go back and recontextualize everything. Um, like, and I think it's a good thing that, like, there is no holding back against her slaver here. Um, mm. I think it's important to show that, that aftermath of um, a person who was only ever fucked over in the worst ways imaginable by the mm. Yerks, and then being allowed to be angry and uh, get some of that revenge and being able to take satisfaction from it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. We should write this book. We should write this book. Uh, I would frankly give it 10 out of 10 across the board. Yeah, I was um, going to say the same thing. I was like, hey, shit, is this our first? Is this, is this the first 10 out of 10? <laughs> I don't think it's the first one. I think we did for another one, but I don't remember which one it was. Um, On all three points? I think so. Yeah. I don't remember well, which one it was. Let the record stand. Let us know if we have uh, <laughs> done um, a 30 out of 30, as it were, before. Um, aside from a couple of as like very small things where we went, mm, wish they hadn't done that one mostly that one line, frankly. Yeah. Um yeah, no, this this book's got it all. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um oh. and to do the easiest of the ending questions, yes, essential animals reading, one hundred percent. Yeah. It actually has ramifications for the ongoing plot in yes. a big way. This feels like the biggest move shake shake up of the plot mm-hmm. or shake up plot wise that we've had in a long while mm-hmm. so yeah, this is literally yeah. things are never going to be the same after this mm-hmm. like we are now in a direction we have as danielle said before a countdown clock marco is officially dead legally speaking um contact has now been made again with the andalite fleet Eva, Vissa 1 is dead. Vissa 3 is going to be Vissa 1. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. It is very hard to pick a favourite part from this. <laughs> One, because it's so intense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe... That moment of Marco standing at the window and just before he even knows what's happening, he's punching out a window with a griller arm. Mm-hmm. That might 
have to be right up at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, along with Eva killing Russell One. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Those are both extremely good. I also really like just the image of Marco standing in the headlights of this beat up car mm-hmm. and calling out to his mm-hmm. dad and then yes. demorphing. Mm-hmm. Um, good shit. That whole, like, going from beast to boy, and just, like, the the fucking symbolism of it, um, Mm -hmm. of, like, going from this unknown scary thing to, like, oh, wait, that's my literal child. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did anything surprise you? (laughs) That they did this (laughs) plot-wise. Like... I was saying today, I was like, I, I can't believe they've done this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was not expecting them to fall on go. Like, okay, we're going to bring one of the parents in to the fold now. Here we go. And uh, also and, kill uh, Visser uh, One. <laughs> yeah, and fake a death. Like, yep. Like, the board is irrevocably changed. Yep. Um, because of also the nature of the books, they don't tend to put quite so much big shit in one they don't have to load the basket like that mm-hmm. so yeah that was like a little old oh, damn mm-hmm. so what about yeah. you on the reread or is this not is this really. a book that you've reread before not really is the thing like i i didn't remember that them rescuing eva was part of this book uh, okay because I knew this was the book when he revealed everything to his dad. But I didn't remember it was also the book to rescue Eva. Um, because I haven't, like, we're, we're solidly in the portion of books where, like, I have read them maybe once. Um, except for, like, the mm-hmm. last two. Um, but my my recollection is mostly in summary, not in details. Sure. Um and uh some of these i don't think i read at all when i was actively reading the series they're more like mm. ones that i have gone back to later yeah. um or just read like detailed plot synopses later kind of deal um mm-hmm. like the 46 i think i didn't read um but uh yeah it's uh it's a lot uh, but nothing really surprised Ooh. me. Sorry, I opened the PDF to see what the cover was of forty six, <laughs> and I'm like, mm, interesting. Uh huh. Yep. Very good. Okay. Um, Any part that didn't but, make sense? No. Good job. Good job, book. <laughs> y- you did a hacking good book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there were no moments that made me go, "What the fuck is happening here?" or choices. Um. So yeah. Nice. Good one. All right. All right. <laughs> that was book forty-five. Um. Yep. Come yell in the comments. Uh, join us in the Discord server. Tell us your thoughts. Scream in unison. <laughs> Um, let us feel these emotions together. Um, 
My co-host has been Danielle. You can find them online at Red Tail Talk 90 in version two of their Animorphs-inspired Forge of the Dark game. Idiot Teenagers with a Death Wish will be hitting itch this year, hopefully soon, uh, and you'll be able to get a copy. There is art now. You're going to mm-hmm. lose your shit. Um, it's a good game, and it will be free because of Scholastic. Um, you know, hope be. And you can check out their home podcast of The Room Where It Happened. Go check out Elder County, Tennessee. It's urban fantasy with an Appalachian flair. And it's a good time with a faction game that you will not be able to predict. I have not listened to any in a while, but given the people involved, I can tell you, you will not be able to guess where that shit's going to go. It's a good time. Uh, Great players, a really creative DM. An all-round great story. Uh, you should check it out. And my co-host has been Jade. You can find them on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. Uh, you can check out their home podcast, Follow the Leader, at FTLcast on Twitter. Uh, you should definitely go check out. They finished their they they finally finally finished posting their six arc and a movie. Um, that ended with the end of the year, and now they are finally, actually, have <laughs> definitively released, I'm not lying this time, uh, the beginnings <laughs> of their Pathfinder game, um, wherein Jade plays the fucking cutest goblin I've ever fucking seen. Um, you should go check it out. It's gonna be a really great time. Uh, FTL just continues to get better and better, uh, as the years go on. Um, Everyone just continues to do excellent things. Um, and you should definitely take a listen. <sighs> and oh, hey, Dumb Kids Season 3 will return. Uh, yes. We've been on break because scheduling is hell and people need breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, the end game is uh, the, the countdown clock is happening there too. Uh, come mm-hmm. join us. See how this bunch of 20-somethings handle themselves. Spoilers, often poorly. Um, (laughs) At least on an emotional level. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But I'm incredibly proud of the work we do there. So if you haven't listened to Dumb Kids Playing Hero, it would be really dope if you gave it a listen. It's awesome stuff. I'm very, very proud of it. Um, It's great. Phenomenal. All right. All right. Doing a clap. Do a clap. At 30? 30. 30.